and we're back and today I'm with a friend I imposed myself on someone because I felt compelled by the power of the gauntlet to talk about Infinity Wars uh, before it gets too stale in my mind I also did see it three times in the past weekend so I have a lot of thoughts and feelings but before we get to that I want to introduce my friend Sam Sam tell a listener who you are and how we know each other hi uh... <laughs> I'm Sam. Uh, I'm a designer. You I are a designer. I am a designer, and I know Petula from being a designer, and also a fellow movie fanatic. I also saw Infinity War. Uh, I saw it on Thursday, uh, Thursday night at like 10, and then immediately went and saw it again on Saturday afternoon. So there's lots to unpack. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there, listener. Uh, if you do want to only listen to the intro, we still might delve into spoilers, but we will do a normal get to know you, see what Sam likes, take a break to open up beer number two, and then we'll be back with deep spoilers. There will be no structure. We will go from the end to the beginning, back to the middle. We'll talk about other Marvel things. There'll be random speculation about what was on that pager. So if you haven't seen the movie yet, it just seems ridiculous that you're still listening. Like, if anything, you've already induced too much risk into your life if you're still listening, even though I've used the word spoiler, like, legit four or five times. So, that's on you. Make good choices. But in the getting to know you, uh, Sam, you also watched a ton of movies. When I first started working with you, I saw you had a bunch of tickets on your uh, desk area. Ah, yes. Which is always a sign of somebody who... uh, Spends way too much time at the movies, probably. Exactly. So under like what you've liked in the last 12 months what one or two or three max because we need to get to infinity war before we run out of beer movies would you say that you enjoyed the most well i think i uh black panther is definitely up there you're pandering to me and yeah, i appreciate a little it bit. yeah no uh, your audience so the last memorable ones i guess i saw uh i haven't seen too many this year i saw Annihilation, which was a pretty cool movie, uh, very divisive. Um, again, with the comic book movies, those are probably actually uh, near the top with Thor Ragnarok and uh, uh, a few <laughs> and Black Panther and uh, all those ones. Spider Man, of course. But uh, yeah, I mean, I haven't been out to uh, too many, but I think Thor Ragnarok is uh, my favorite in recent memory, even yeah. though it was quite a bit ago. Yeah, next to Black Panther is probably the one I enjoy the most. Yeah. And especially because of the other Thors, I went into I went into Black Panther with sky expectations and they were met. I went into Ragnarok with like middling expectations and it far exceeded them. Like everything. The way it looked, the performances. I I think Thor really surprised everyone. I mean, from at least me, when I went into it, uh, I'd seen what we do in the shadows and where the wilder people, or hunt hunt for for wilder people. Yeah. And and, uh, so I knew it was going to be kind of quirky, and but also wasn't quite sure action-wise how that would live up to things. So I didn't really have too too many expectations other than it being kind of funny and like I enjoyed it so so much and I think it really it marked what the Thor movies should have been from the very start like banking on 
Chris Hemsworth has like insane comedic talent. Yeah. Um, and same with Tom Hiddleston. Uh, it kind of makes you wonder, like, where where has this been all along? Um, so I remember when I saw it, I thought it was funny, but I also wondered, is this going to be a Marvel movie that I'm really going to remember going down the line, yeah. or is it just going to seem like a one-off, like, oh yeah, I guess it was fun. But I just watched it recently, and it, it man, holds it holds up, and it really advances uh, the MCU, and really, for Thor, actually, just finally finds its footing too so that that was cool to see yeah i really enjoyed it it, it makes the beginning of the other movie you're going to talk about that much more heartbreaking but we'll get there eventually uh right now is normally the point where i complain about the weather but right now listener it's that one magical day that we have in early spring when it is the perfect temperature so thanks to climate change the perfect date is described in uh, Miss Congeniality, which I think is in late April, it's that day actually happens a little bit later now. So it's like perfect weather. You just wear a it's light getting jacket. Getting pushed a little bit. Yeah. But it's finally T-shirt weather today, yeah. which is nice uh, for Canada, considering it was winter a week ago. Yeah. 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 So. I was drinking on a patio yesterday. It's far too early. There were only other uh, Caucasians on the patio with me, but. I was drinking briefly in the middle of the afternoon where there was Day drinking. no like shade it. and uh, no wind on a patio. So we're almost there. Almost. Yeah. It'll be perfect weather right around the time you flee the country. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be great. Can't wait for it. Yeah. I mean, there's, yeah. A, there's a whole bunch of... <laughs> there's... Aside from the weather... Uh, and just Doug Ford generally being yeah. around, I'm like, hey, maybe it's a good time. Yeah. And being a hockey fan and rooting for the Ottawa Senators, I would rather not be around for the next couple of years. So, yeah. but you can cut that out because I don't imagine hockey really fits in here. Uh, everything fits in. <laughs> yeah, love what you love. Mm. Oh, one of our, our previous guests, uh, Floyd Kane, uh, writer of Across the Line, a movie about a uh, young. Uh, player of color and his challenges in getting to the big show. Hmm. So yeah, hockey is welcome because it's Canada. Yeah. All inclusive. It's all about diversity. It's not just about what we look like, it's about what we like. That's why I like to have different people on now. Am yeah. I the whitest person you've had on? Uh, probably. I would possibly. guess. Possibly. Maybe. No, no. I, th I think it's still the guys from Wolf Cop. Uh, we had some uh, gentlemen who worked on Wolf Cop the movie, and were they from the prairies or? They definitely shot parts of the movie in there because I do remember that episode is named "The City That Rhymes with Fun," uh, before Deadpool came out and used that joke, which is not a joke that I came up with either. But you know, Regina, mm -hmm. love it. So yeah, that was probably multiple guys even whiter than you, and at least a couple of them were from the flat places in the middle. Oh, cool. Yeah. Score one for me. There you go. Yeah. That's awesome. So we're going to take a break to open a fresh beer, and then we're going to get into Infinity War. And again, if you are listening and you haven't seen the movie yet, you've made terrible choices with your life, and you have poor listening skills. We'll be back. <laughs> and we're back, and we're talking about Infinity War. Uh, listener, I went into this movie thinking, what's the point? I already had Black Panther, 
And I'm not going to say that I found the whole experience the same because Black Panther was a very standalone. You could watch that movie without having watched any of the other 17, 18, whatever. Uh, But I'm going to say after my third watch, I definitely liked it. I still don't know where it goes in my ranking of the 19 movies. I mean, I'll always say it's for sure ahead of uh, second Thor and Hulk. After that, I'm not sure. I think I, you I think you kind of have to separate them into different categories when you look at the MCU altogether. You can't really look at them as like equal equal parts in terms of ranking them, I think. I think you have the movies that are just the best standalone movies. Um, best character intro. Yeah, so I think in a general sense probably the strongest and strongest movie entry into the MCU was Winter Soldier cuz if you were to take out if you were to take out superpowers from it the movie would still be like phenomenal it's like a political thriller um at least that's how i would i would tend to view things as so, far as stand- yeah, best un- standalone under that ranking so best team up movie so the team up movies include your Joss Whedon Avengers your Age of Ultron which I don't even attribute to Joss Whedon because you can you can feel the the many voices and the sort of over management on that one. Yeah, that one was. And Civil War wasn't really a team up. Uh, Winter Soldier. Well, no. Yeah, Civil yeah, War Winter was Soldier, a team up. Win- Winter Soldier was still, and yeah, Civil was, yeah. Civil War was more Civil or less War. just a sequel to. Yeah. I think Civil War is pretty much it, it just was a, team a up. it was a direct yeah. sequel to. Yeah. Winter Soldier. It was a than... sequel, but it was the closest to a team up. You got that air airplane here fight and all of that stuff. So yeah. it was close to a team up. And then now this Avengers Four. I think it's definitely th- I think it's three. Avengers yeah, three. three. Avengers Three because they call the next one Avengers Four. Yeah. Because they aren't telling us what the title is going to we'll, be. We'll touch on that, I guess. Yeah. But maybe in a a bit later with speculation. Yeah. But so uh, under the team up movies, where would you rank Infinity War above or below? Would you say it's the best of all the team-ups? Okay, it's better than Ultron. We can agree. Oh, 100%. I just watched Ultron not too long ago. Um, I remember at first being like... It was pretty middling. Revisited the other day. It's it's still pretty bad. Um, That movie does not work well for really anybody except maybe Hawkeye. Hawkeye is the only one I think yeah, he gets that the benefited from that whole movie, and then maybe a little bit of Stark, where you can kind of see what he's trying, what he's trying to do, which is similar, I guess, to what Thanos is trying to do is protect. Except obviously, Tony's trying to protect the world, and Thanos is gonna, in the same sense, he's try and protect, protect the universe, universe. by by wiping out half of existence so population control yo <laughs> um team of movies though um Ragnarok's gotta be up there too it's like Ragnarok Winter Ooh. Soldier and this this is the culmination of like this movie is pretty much just fan service yeah for like through and through if you were to go see this movie and not and have not seen like you, any or yeah. a, only a handful, you'd be like, 
what the fuck is going on. You need like, to have seen at least the last movie for every individual character. Yeah. Plus, like, you need to have seen everything since Civil War and maybe even... Civil War would be Ultron. a good entro- entry point. Yeah. Um, you'd still be confused. Like, even at the first screening I was at, there was a couple next to me. And one of them... I could tell that one of them had never seen another Marvel movie before. Yeah. It's like, why are you here? Because she was like, oh, what's, the, what's this? And he kept having to like whisper who everybody was. So and annoying. she was so lost. Uh, almost lost my mind. But, <laughs> yeah. but when, that's, I mean, that's what it is. There was a woman one seat away from me that like, when you see the phone in the uh, sanctum, she says, who's Steve Rogers? And I was like, oh, this isn't going to These people. <laughs> what are they doing here? How dare they? Like, just... Uh, it was opening night, too, so it's yeah. it's kind of funny just to... Somebody would be there opening night having not seen any... You know they got dragged there yeah, to, to see know, it. Yeah, you know, someone's day or like, your friend is really into it because the friend was whispering the answers. And it's like... This is why I see movies alone sometimes. Yeah. But a lot of people don't feel comfortable seeing movies alone. They think it makes them look like a sad, lonely, whatever. But it's like, just, you would have enjoyed the movie, like, answering friend, yeah. if you hadn't had to, like, answer their questions all the You're I guarantee you're going to have to watch it again, because you missed part of the movie, because you're constantly answering your friend's dumbass questions. That brings me, okay, so that actually brings me to the next point, I guess, which is... How was the audience on your first screening? So, or better yet, what was the best audience that you saw it with of um, the three times? My best audience, I think, was the second. Second one. Second one. So that was Sunday. So Why was that? There was uh, not a lot of questions. Okay. Uh, good kind of phone etiquette because I didn't see it VIP yet. Because VIP tends to be best phone etiquette just because you paid a premium to be there. In terms of like not turning on your phone to check the yeah. time, I've said this before and I'll say it again, listener, you don't need to know what time it is, it's movie watching time. Unless you are delivering babies or you are actually Captain Marvel or America, turn your phone off. You don't need to check the time, you don't need to check if you got a text, you don't need to check anything because your goddamn screen is bright and it's taking me out of the movie and ruining my suspension or disbelief where I need to believe in a world where rabbits slash raccoons and trees party together and go mix it up in a brawl in a seclusionist African nation on a different planet. I find it <laughs> I find it funny that that's still like I mean obviously it's super annoying. I yeah. find it funny that it actually still happens cuz movies are still like they're pretty pricey. Like you're shelling out to go see a 3D AVX movie is almost it was like 20 bucks, right? Yeah. So you would think that would be enough where you'd be like, "Oh, maybe I don't want to be on my phone while I just paid twenty. But anyway, same, that's a that's a small thing. The but same kind anyway, of person sorry. who would go to the movie and not know anything about the previous eighteen yeah. is the exact kind of person who would be checking their. Phone. So, what kind of audience reaction uh, were you so getting? What were the best audience reactions the, that you got? The, there was claps and cheers uh, for Thor's arrival on the field at Wakanda in that uh, first and second screening, like. Same here. It was actual applause. The third screening, the audience, it was a Monday daytime. Audience was super chill. Not a lot of noises. If anything, on that third screening, the loudest noises were me when I saw either Captain America appear or M'Baku. And that's just for reasons. There's related reasons. Yeah, okay. Uh, (laughs) So, same here. Uh, Actually, I think the best audience was... Were you thirsty for Cap 2? No, 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 no. 
Well, maybe. <laughs> no. Um, no, the best reactions I find were, again, Thor arriving on Wakanda, just like the roof blew off. Like everybody went insane. Same with Cap's first introduction, which which was puzzling because there's they all stopped when a train was going by. Yeah. I'm not sure exactly what made um, the children of Thanos and Wanda stop. Like, wait, there's a train. Yeah. And then it was Steve behind everybody. The audience just exploded. Um, I think on third viewing, I got the feeling though that he was there just before the train came. Like she yeah. saw someone in the shadows behind, and so she's looking oh. past Wanda. So that makes Wanda look behind her. I see. Okay, so that makes that makes sense. Uh, again, I think all the intros, everybody erupted, and they were. It was often too, like uh, when even after they. Captain Steve Rogers showed up um, and they were at the S.H.I.E.L.D. base talking about oh you know like they're gonna come for us we need somewhere to go and then he says I know somewhere and, and as he drums. does it you can hear the drums yeah. from Black Panther people went ape shit <laughs> same with Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy opening with rubber uh, the rubber band man yeah and well when you first go to see them and it doesn't give a plan it just says space yeah there's a lot of laughter for yeah. that people were people were losing it um yeah there were a few other parts i i there were countless parts where people were just yeah clapping laughing so hard and um and then okoy being like she was up there that whole time yeah. everybody yeah everybody lost it yeah so what was your i guess throughout the movie what was the low point i guess um for you or if there was one I mean, it moves so fast. I wouldn't say, even if there was a point where I was like, meh, you move so quickly out of it that it didn't get to sort of sit with you that long because you were immediately off to, like, another planet, another whatever. Yeah. I'm going to say the part that frustrated me a bit, and there's a very long thread that someone did on Twitter, basically in defense of Star-Lord slash Chris Pratt whatever slash Peter Quill for his decision to throw a tantrum yeah and I get it and you know every character's had this moment in like different movies where they do something dumb and emotional whether it's Thor consistently up until the last movie trusting his dumb brother Tony erupting after finding out like knowing that they were being played and then still losing it on Bucky yeah. Um, yeah. Steve Rogers being dumb and earnest and trusting and like it, his dumb just deci- his dumb emotional decisions tend to work out the best, but he's so self righteous it mm. almost makes it worse because he's almost never wrong, which makes him even more difficult to deal with. Tony, at least his his emotional or science based decisions have led to some serious fuck up, so he's had consequences. Where Steve is like, I am ride or die, Bucky. Yeah. And yeah, you turned out to be right. However, you caused like major beef, which possibly led to you guys losing in this movie because if you've been working together, because we saw each team had like varying degrees of success with Thanos. If they'd all been working together, like they were in original and second Avengers, maybe they would have won. Like maybe the lesson we're supposed to learn here is teamwork. But back to that, the low point was, it was so telegraphed that Peter was gonna fuck that up. I feel like other like, changes in 
fight results, I was surprised every time. From the very beginning with the, we have a Hulk, mm. and you think, oh, Hulk's gonna, oh, oh, no, right, he's wearing the power ring. Like, mm. every fight, there was moments when I think, oh, even though all the way through, it's just, you know, Thanos putting up numbers, you think maybe somebody else is gonna, like, post something up last minute, but Peter, they made him Danny Rand. Mm. They made him, like, your least favorite defender. Like, they did that to him in this. And I'm bummed because I'm not, like, a huge... Of all the Chris's, he's always at the bottom of my Chris ranking. Where, you know, you have your... Poor Pratt. Evans, just sitting at the bottom. Pine and then Pratt. But, you know, the first two Guardians movies made, at least made that ranking a bit more of a struggle for me. Now, like... They've I, kind of proven over in the past, too, that he's... He's obviously very emotional in the in the first one, and even the the second one with his dad and his mom, yeah. and how he'll just act out at the snap of a finger. But yeah. um, he makes poor decisions when under emotional stress, whether it's not holding his dying mother's hand or this punching Thanos's face and by extension so, Mantis's hands, which all she does is protect her hands. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's interesting. Um, so that was my low point. What was yours? It's a, well, I just back to your point. Uh, it's just interesting how even watching the movie and watching that all unfold, and Stark and Peter just being like, "Oh, we've almost got it off." It's it, it's amazing that you're still under the illusion that it's actually going to happen, yeah. even though you know in like from seeing so many movies, there's no way that they're not. Gonna they win. would pull this just yeah. right off. And there's no way they could even keep it away from Thanos, even once that happens. Yeah. So, it's it's just funny that in that in that time you just completely forget that it's not gonna happen. Yeah. And are briefly thinking it's going to happen. So I like to think uh, at least I don't want to say low point because there weren't that many low points. The point I guess in the on my second viewing that I was like, okay, what's the point in this movie where? I can leave and go to the washroom okay. if I had What's to. Because I already, yeah. yeah. So, um, I think most, if not all, of the movie was absolutely necessary. But the part that I kind of was like, oh, I could leave right now, was when Gamora's back on the ship and she's just talking to Thanos about her growing up and being around him and then th he takes her over to Nebula mm -hmm. and to review her memory and she's being taken apart. That's the only part that I was just like, yeah, I'll just leave for this. Yeah, if but you've at the already same, seen it. If, if you've, you've already seen it. But obviously at the same time, it's a very key part to show the type of relationship Thanos has and that, I mean, having uh, Gamora at least humanizes him a little bit, that he was a father and mm -hmm. did... Like, he's trying to feed her because he thinks she's yeah. hungry and she's going over, like, being around and being raised by him and being shown as a baby. It's all important. So I don't know that I totally have a low point. I do have some nitpicks, um, but... But let's do favorite stuff first. So I do like to points. focus on positive. High, high points. High so points, yeah. I guess... Your personal. I think, I think my personal high point... Uh, was when the train the train moves and Steve Rogers just catches the sphere yeah. and then steps into the light and then throws the sphere over and Black Widow catches it and they just kick the living shit yeah. out of the children of Thanos. 
that was amazing. Mostly because um, it was basically just showing Captain America and Black Widow teaming up and just kicking ass. And it was a good cool fight scene, too. Yeah. Like, you could actually see the action, and it didn't look too choreographed or too whatever. And, and the, even though it was a night scene, I could actually see, like, what was happening. Yeah. I mean, uh, if you... I mean, it's unlike... If you see it again, I think... I keep thinking, like, the best thing would have been to see that movie in IMAX but 2D because I found it in 3D it it was just like there was so much drag and it was Mm -hmm. dim and hard to focus so but that that fight scene to me was just like anytime they get that sort of interplay you saw it a little bit in Civil War with Bucky and uh cap against Iron Man and throwing the shield back and forth. Oh, so I feel like that you got a little bit yeah. you got a little bit of that uh, in that scene. So that I think was one of my favorites and then obviously them fighting Thanos on uh, uh, Titan was pretty damn cool. Yeah, I love it when characters trade like a weapon that's used for fighting or it's used in a collaborative way. Yeah. Um, even in so we go back to First Avengers when you have like that moment where you see Tony like uses Cap Shield to like have a blast go off there to deflect everything yeah, around like with. that's like Whedon back in the finale spoilers for the finale of Buffy if you haven't watched all episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer um, there's like a a magic um, demon slaying axe thing that they used in the last back half of the season in Buffy and you see Slayer toss it to Slayer toss it to Slayer after they give everyone the like magic power up Hmm. and they're all there's a bunch of like your key um all their potentials once they become Slayers take turns fighting with this weapon and the final like toss back and forth is between Faith and Buffy and it's just like whenever I see that kind of collaborative use of weapons, like, that's a callback to, like, I feel like we didn't introduce... And they would have done that anyway, maybe. Yeah. But I feel like it was most elegant in sort of using their weapons either together or sharing their weapons in First Avengers, which is a much simpler setup and a much simpler fight that I just... I love it. I really enjoy it. And, yeah, them tossing the glaive back and forth in that fight that you're talking about was beautiful. Beautiful. Or, like, strange on... uh uh, setting up the platforms and portals for Quill and Mantis to jump through. Exactly. That was so cool. Yeah. Um, I actually, the only, I guess... Magic Well, I'll get to, I'll get to <laughs> nit, nitpicks, like, I guess a little bit yeah. later. I think everything Tom Holland did is one of my high points. Yeah. Everything he like, did. Everything just he didn't set. Him, him swinging in, and he's like, kid, that's the wizard. And he's like, on it. And just, that was the strongest point, too, yeah. I think, of the whole movie. was just, it's... I feel like I wonder, having Tony Stark and Peter Parker um, together, it, there's something about it that they yeah. haven't been able to match with any other the, of the Avengers. Even like for as much time as they spent on Captain America and Bucky, nothing seems as important or hard-hitting. I'll as, say close second is um, Thor and Loki, though. Even still, I don't yeah. really... Like, even with the deaths of this movie, um, which there are many, um, quote, uh, using hands, using quote marks, but um, I found that none of the deaths really, I was kind of like, yeah, well, who cares? Yeah. But, like, 
Tom Holland yeah. and his spider sense kicking oh in and realizing God. that he's turning to dust. Yeah. I was uh, that, I was surprised how much that got me where he's like, Mr. Stark, sir. And I was like, no. <laughs> like, again, suspending belief, like, obviously he's yeah. not going to die. But in the moment, Tom Holland was so good. So good. That, so and, good. and even Robert Downey Jr.'s reaction yeah. to it, it just seemed like... Oh my god, like this seems totally real. And it makes me and hate heartbreaking. Tony Stark less because I pretty much hated Tony ever since Ultron. And really, Fair. really hated him since Civil War. Been Team Cap all the way. So Spider Man makes me like him. And the fact that you know part of the reason he keeps pushing back is because he doesn't want anything to happen to him. Like he yeah. wants like He's one trying to relationship him. to remain unsullied he wants this kid to remain unhurt and like not get involved and like so that he snuck on was a stowaway yeah. and ended up and but here's Tony the thing. tried to send him away and protect him but, but he was actually the key to the success of well the saving Almost. strange yeah but if they lost the fight he still could have been disintegrated just Tony would have been there to see it I think because it's I half think, of the universe right yeah I think the the part that hits the hardest too is because, yeah, to your point, like he should have, he should have been. Tony tried to send him right back down to Earth, right? Yeah. And obviously, it's great uh, that that they were able to save Strange because of Peter's plan. But all those heroes are there because they are superheroes who they're fully grown adults who n have probably killed some people in the past. Um, each are like fully committed to like sacrificing for fate of the universe and then you bring in peter who's just a kid yeah. like he's just a kid he's got his whole life ahead of him he was on what was he he was going to coney island yeah. like on a school bus with stan lee yeah uh, and and then all of a sudden he finds himself and now he's like gone yeah and he didn't sign up all he wanted to do was help he didn't want to like hurt people or yeah. kill people and this is kind of so where he's helpful. at yeah so he was just helpful. being a helpful helpful guy friendly neighborhood spider-man yeah so started. he was so cute so nitpicks well, nitpicks what are what are some of your nitpicks here things that you thought might either you wish you saw more of or little things that you were like ah oh, you know i could have could have probably done without that I'm going to say overall, the, the battleground in Wakanda scene, uh, on one hand, it allows us to show the different power levels in our Avengers, where, you know, your Scarlet Witch clearly is able to clear a section of the field herself. Thor's arrival makes a big impact. However, I'm going to say, based on uh, the still sketchily defined properties and powers of the vibranium weapons and the fact that you know in the previous movie killmonger was like let's just load up some planes and ship these weapons out and we'll have you know people of color rising up all over the world i felt like we should have um either had a more overwhelming force and shown like some of the power of those wakandan weapons it didn't seem like their ability to fend off the you know, tooth face demon space monsters yeah. was as good as I would have thought it would have been. It was a little more have... traditional, I guess. Yeah. Like it was the traditional battlefield with just spears. There were, you kind of got a hint of it with like 
the the shields yeah. that, that they had and yeah. maybe caps. Yeah, so I wanted uh, more of like the Wakandan resistance, like maybe even have like a first wave and for them to even like fight back a full first wave and then you get like the sort of things, the tunnel under the barrier yeah. and then a, another second wave and then, you know, you get your Scarlet Witch and Thor to come in with their... Power. Like when you think yeah. there's like a little, there's an illusion yeah. like, oh, did they already be? And it's like, no, yeah. it's not even close. Yeah. Like they haven't even scratched the surface. Yeah. Um, so that I, I think it's just because like in Black Panther and even in other movies, it seems like vibranium is like so amazing. Yeah, and like, magical. And yeah, it's like here it just seemed like their weapons were working like regular guns and stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's what I kind of found funny even still watching it, just thinking about the abilities of like. Falcon and uh, Winter Soldier or White Wolf, I guess. Um, Just thinking, I was like, all these people, and they just like for Rocket, you kind of get it, but Mm. these two and just their weapons are guns. Yeah, I think about that all the time about Falcon. Well, also Winter Soldier in Winter Soldier was ridiculous, badass, was like amazing. He was out there, like here, he was just sort of standing like back with the line, and like Cap was doing. I will say that him and him and Rocket, uh, him holding a rocket, was that was amazing. Like that was a that was a great callback too. Yeah. I I not for, for I'm not familiar to the callback other than oh. is that like him and Groot? I have, I have not even fully gone through, and I think I need to see all of the other eighteen movies plus this one again. But there's callbacks to different fighting moves from or different character lines from a bunch of the different movies. So that is obviously one of the like you know the rock like him hopping Groot, on Groot spinning stack. around. So yeah. it's a callback to that. Um, there's a callback with the Hulk to the first Avengers movie uh, when uh, Black Widow first goes to recruit him from India. Yeah. And he has this line where he sort of pushes a cradle and says, we can't always get what we want. And then he says something very similar to the space folks in the street when Mm. they're there with the wizards (laughs) when they were like, you know, we're coming for this. And he's like, well, you know, you can't always get what you want. Like, there's lines, there's moments, there's different fighting moves that are callbacks to, like, that reward the obsessive fan because you have these moments. There's bookends within the movie, the All I Feel Is You with Wanda Mm. and Vision, but there's even callbacks either in, like, fighting moves, lines, moments to previous movies. Even the suplex move that gets yeah the, with the tossing with Thanos tossing the whole he, he pile drives like, it, or suplexes him yeah. basically but uh, just similar to how he did that to Loki and how he did it to Thor later on in the fighting arena in Ragnarok yeah. it's like so you know Hulk has gotten to do that to I love twice. that they keep bringing that back and yet when it happens to him he like just completely punks out and can't emerge for the rest of the movie my I have a I guess I have a couple um they're not huge. One of one of them was uh, again back on the battlefield in Wakanda. Like you get to see so much of the interplay when they're on Titan, with all the heroes interacting with one another. And then you, when you go back to Earth and they're fighting the first wave, you kind of see you see Black Panther and Cap running in and leading the charge. A little part of me, like during that whole battle, they kind of seemed outmatched. I would have loved to see, uh, I thought it would have been really cool to see if Black Panther and Captain America got to like interplay with each other and team up and like, 
I don't know, maybe like, like jumping this off might seem yeah, like maybe, shield yeah, like springing each other yeah. or like fighting, like similar to how I think Black Widow was when they were fighting Captain and and uh, and were fighting Bucky. Yeah. Um, and so I think I would have liked to see a little bit more of Black Panther and Cap maybe teaming up or literally those two with anybody else. Um, I'm not sure to what extent, but. Yeah. Uh, just working more as a team because other than that it was pretty much like Falcon and War Machine are flying around shooting people unseen and then the only ones you kind of saw were just Thor kicking ass which was amazing but was, yeah. um, the other the other nitpick I guess I would have would be Scarlet Scarlet Witch's powers are still kind of like undefined it's based on her focus control consciousness like if she's yeah. just been knocked on the head she like, they never... I guess they kind of hinted at it before that she was... Like, Vision was the most powerful, but then in Civil War, they were like, oh, actually, like, Wanda or Scarlet Witch is, like, the most powerful now. It's, fine. it's like, a convenient way, too, around, uh, like, her her being the only one to devo- uh, destroy the Mind Stone is actually just, like... It seems like a purely convenience because... Scarlet Witch is actually kind of... She's a mutant. Yeah. But because they couldn't use Use the the name mutant in Age of Ultron, they used the Mind Stone to give her powers. Right. And they've kind of exploited that since since then and been like, oh, well, she's got a power of the Infinity Stone. So I'm curious if they use that or if they are just, like, done with it at this point. In First Avengers, the Tesseract can't protect against itself. So the whole thing with her being able to open the portal to space with Black Widow being able to use Loki's scepter to like oh I didn't even pick up on that callback callback how did I even miss that callback so while yes in some cases they did you know sloppy you know comic book explanation exposition in other cases and maybe it was on purpose maybe it wasn't but like they had already laid the groundwork for that so if you believe that the the scepter which had the Mind Stone in it can be used to like you know destroy its own punch the whatever the step yeah. which are I guess was it the same stone or two different stones well whatever. no I guess, yeah it would have been two different yeah. stones destroying but, like they're saying like it can't protect against another stone it also well yeah I guess that it still checks out even though I guess it was a power source and yeah. it wasn't destroyed the math works out yeah I yeah. mean that was nerd math works out <laughs> nerd math finally prevails yeah but um, yeah it was at least they laid groundwork for that line uh you know how many 10 movies ago i guess god i don't even know it's been so long it's been so long but yeah that was but also you're right under nitpicks i shouldn't have to think that hard i shouldn't have to somebody who's watched all these movies mm-hmm. this many times have to like re-watch 18 movies before this to like well, I remember just seeing, this is like a smaller note, uh, but I remember I just had rewatched Captain America, the first Avenger, and I'd seen it before, but then it was like the first time, the last time, when uh, Red Skull is killed, mm-hmm. I remember when I just rewatched it, seeing him kind of, the universe opened up, and he flew out, yeah. so I remember thinking, oh, oh like... He's not, he's not gone for good. And then he showed yeah. up on um, Vormir uh, to another, protect the Soul Stone. I'm going to say that's another possible pee break 
from the moment Gamora and Thanos arrive on that planet to just that's actually before, when I that's when I did yeah yeah that's an actual possible pee break because it's just a lot of exposition like if you again that's an if you've already seen it if yeah. you haven't already seen it then you miss that wow moment of seeing Red Skull you come you come back yeah you miss the wow of seeing Red Skull but uh, you also get to see uh, Josh Brolin's amazing mocap yeah. uh, performance of. Thanos and, and uh, the tears through the cracks yeah. in his face and oh man yeah it was yeah. beautiful yeah so I gotta go with who's your MVP who's your MVP for this movie it doesn't necessarily have to be battle wise because it kind of seems like uh, Thor and Scarlet Witch based on what we saw in the movie probably could have taken care of that whole swarm on their own but uh, MVP so mine is got to be Drax. Drax was perfect in this movie. Just every time he showed up on screen, I was losing it. From when they open on the song and the Guardians are singing and then Drax is just sleeping yeah. to him just showing up and watching Gamora and Peter make out yeah, and I'm thinking he's invisible. Yeah. Um can't remember there there's a few other ones where him and mantis and she's like we're kicking names and taking ass yeah oh man or the go ahead i can take it when you know he's got the giant tony gun in his face yeah and he's he, like no you can't take it <laughs> like, yeah i love how him I and mantis have become yawning. best buddies sorry i love how him and mantis have become best buddies <laughs> Yeah, she she just seems like so kiddish too. Yeah, like just the innocence of them, and then just how stupid Drax is. Yeah, I have one better. Why is Gamora? And, <laughs> and that just oh man, that just slayed me. I I will say this is a tough one, but I'm gonna stick. You know, runner up, all uh, honorable mention points to Tom Holland. And if anything, maybe that's why uh, Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan have been like, you know, shading him so hard, like jokingly in all the interviews, because they know that he like he's really, overshadowing. He put up like an MVP performance. However, my real MVP, I've got to give it to the not God of Hammers, God of Thunder, <laughs> Thor, He of Thor's Day, Angel Pirate, Angel Pirate. This is a real man. <laughs> You're a dude. <laughs> this is a man. <laughs> yeah. Handsome, muscular yeah. man. Hello, rabbit. I have to yeah. give it to Thor because you have everything from the emotional beats of the intro for... It's like, oh, I did all this work to save my people. And then... A, yeah, like Ragnarok is just like... Yeah. Murders. Everything he did in Ragnarok was probably just like Thanos undid in like ten minutes. Although there is, there are a couple of throwaway lines that make me think that Valkyrie and Kor got away with so, half of the survivors. Yeah, because they Thanos is all about killing half of the people. Well, I feel like he could have given the Asgardians a pass, considering their planet got destroyed. So I feel like half mm -hmm. the people died, but that's not the way Thanos rolls. It's half of whoever's alive at that moment. I get it. You got it. Eat it, bro. You do you. So I definitely, I definitely think that both Valkyrie and hopefully Korg and me Korg uh, got be away. Got away. Um, I think that would be really funny. Yeah. If like when everybody will get to like them evaporating and what kind of reaction that got. But like, yeah. how funny would it be if they like 
the heroes like Spider-Man or Strange show up on the inside the Soul Stone, yeah. and it's just Korg sitting sitting down uh, underneath the archway, We're done. and just being like, oh, hey fellas, <laughs> like, this is, I'm Korg, this is me. Yeah. No, that would that would kill me. No, it's day, like, when did no, you guys no, get here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're yeah. gonna start a revolution. So I don't know, my accent's way off. No, yours is pretty good. But uh, so yeah, I'm excited about seeing that. But yeah, so Thor is my MVP because he played emotional stuff. He had funny stuff. He had in between stuff. He had like super awesome fighting stuff. Yeah, it was. You know, it was the full spectrum of all the things you want to see, and he wasn't just like setting other people up. He wasn't like in First Avengers where he was just taking direction from Cap. Yeah, uh, he was definitely on, and he had arguably maybe the most to do because he had the least to play off. Because for a lot of the movie, he's alone yeah. with Rocket slash Rabbit and. <laughs> Peter Dinklage. Yeah, and giant Peter, <laughs> Peter Dinklage. So, yeah, except for having Peter Dinklage there, and even then, he wasn't getting to act against Peter Dinklage. He's probably getting to act against Peter Dinklage with a giant stick, like, taped to his back with a tennis ball above. So you can't even, like... Because they do that thing for perspective yeah. with actors, so you're, like... So you know where to look. So he's not even getting to act off of Peter Dinklage. He's getting to act off of a tennis ball taped... You know, six feet above Peter Dinklage's head. Peter Dinklage is just sitting on a high chair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so there's, and you know, you know, Sean Gunn dressed up in a mocap outfit because I believe, um, what was he? I think he's on set, uh, Rocket or on set Groot. Oh. So there's so there's different actors who do the on set like mocap for those characters. So at least there is someone there. Yeah. And sometimes it's just to like get perspective and lighting so that when they're doing the effects, they know like this, like the lighting was like this for like reflection and other things. And then some of it is for performance, so you have someone to act off. But at best, he had like two people in spandex uniforms with dots all over them, <laughs> who aren't even the exact voices, and a tennis ball. However many feet above, like so, he did amazing work all the way through. He didn't have as many people as the other groups where they had like a clump of them to like interact and like play off of. Yeah, and that's true. I never so that. compelling, like all the way through. Like they the finally other... found. Yeah. So it actually leads in. So I hope that at least out the original Avengers, they end up keeping Chris Hemsworth around because they they seem like oh they finally got it. They gave him so much to do, too. They, I can't imagine yeah. him leaving now. I think... Um, so, I guess what my next question would be... that I have a bunch of questions, but... Who is actually dead? I think... Loki could be dead, but because of Loki's powers, you always have an out there. It's true. Because he could, like, have trickstered himself into one of the dead bodies, and then... Gamora? Uh, I think there's a good chance Gamora is dead. And, uh... Which is a real bummer, because, again, she finally got to do some real stuff. But if anything, the fact that she got to do so much real acting in this one makes me think she's actually dead. Like, she finally gets to have a good moment with her sister. Uh, Like, especially after they have that discussion in... The end of Guardians 2. Where she talks about how, you know... You will. You won every fight growing up, and every time you won a fight, I had another piece replaced, and like you never showed any like mercy for you me, never basically. Let up. Yeah. And like this, like she can't stand to see her sister 
be tortured and it's also like you're getting a visual example of how many parts of her have been added yeah like you're looking at all these parts and like every one of these you know it's representative of a time that Demora didn't that you caused her pain Hmm. and then again the line later when Thanos is like you know or when she says to Thanos you should have killed me and he throws back like the most savage it would have been a waste of parts it's like ooh ah ooh ooh ah Last, yeah. I guess, uh, I think the third, the third one before the. So who do you think is really dead? So, Loki, I think is dead. I think they gave him that completed his arc, trying to. It seemed a little bit out of character for him to have tried to kill Thanos. I think he would have died regardless, but at least he kind of tried to re- have his last second redemption and killing. Yeah. Killing Thanos. When he said Odin's son, I was like, oh no, Loki, so, don't, don't get noble now. So I think because of that, and because yeah. of that, they ha- he'll stay dead. He has yeah. to. I think it would be stupid to bring him back. Um, I think he served a complete arc. Uh, Hiddleston was amazing. Gamora, I also... I want to believe she stays dead. Just because, again, the performance was so good. Mm-hmm. It was a meaningful death. Um... But at the, at the same time, I guess the only better way to kill her would have been if it were in battle, like if she was actually fighting, because um, being a warrior all that time. But I still, I think she's dead. And then what you saw uh, with her in the Soul Stone, there's theories that that might actually be Mistress Death or some kind of other representation of her that's trying to trick Thanos. That's a whole other thing. Um, and then lastly, I guess, uh, Vision, I think that one could go either way. I think the Vision that we've known to this point, oh, so with, the, with all the emotions, I think that one might be dead. You think they're going to group him? Where so it's like you get a... I just saw a thing too that said, yeah, so I think it's something similar where apparently there's this uh, gray version of uh, Vision who's not as emotionally uh, intact as the one that we've seen. Um, I do think Shuri has backed up all that data. Oh, yeah. And But I don't... It also makes me wonder what kind of abilities the Mind Stone gave him other than the blasts. Like, yeah. can he still phase in and out? Because he would still be uh, valuable, I think. Um, and then I guess the with everybody... Everybody who disappeared, there's no way that they're dead. Yeah. They might end up. They might end up dying, but they the could ones, come back and die. I think, but they I all had to come back. So I think they. It was just basically they're opening up another dimension for those heroes, which is actually really smart. And when you think about it, because you're leaving the OG Avengers to. Like they need to Steve, get, they Steven, need to get back together. Yeah, they need to reconcile and they figure their shit out. To talk about their different like fighting tactics. They're going to be the ones. They've there's been a lot of comparisons to this being a Lord of the Rings: Return of the King situation. So for anybody who's not familiar, there's two separate quests. So basically, uh, the battle that's taking place in one area is like Aragorn leading the charge. Um, to keep, let's just say, Thanos uh, distracted while the Sam and Frodo of the group, which will be, I imagine, whoever's trapped now in the Soul Stone, 
have to complete some other task but even that's kind of like maybe it's everybody on earth that's still well it's still so wide open Doctor, doctor strange can lead everyone in the soul stone region because he's he evaporated too right yep yeah so he can navigate that region to like get all the people who evaporated to be working on the other quests the alternate Soulstone dimension or quantum realm. You could have Ant-Man even involved in the next Avengers if it ends up being in the quantum realm. So that's my that's my other thing about where Ant-Man, because Ant-Man and the Wasp obviously coming out in a couple months, and where do they go from there, and what where does that take place? So I guess I think that they're going to spend a lot of time in Ant-Man two in the quantum realm. You can the trailer. Or they finish there. Yeah, no, so yeah. that was the other thing, is that they finish, him and the Wasp are inside the quantum realm and are seeing the battle unfold yeah. on uh, Titan with Thanos, and they show up, because it exists, the quantum realm is beyond space and time, Yeah. so while everything's evaporating on Earth, him and the Wasp are in the quantum realm and like, oh shit, like we need to do something and help Tony get back while these guys are all trapped. So in some way, shape or form, they can time travel and prevent the scenario from even happening in the first place, starting with Battle of New York. Do you think that their end credit sort of whatever in Ant-Man will in any way address what happened or will it just be another lead into Captain Marvel, thus avoiding interacting with any characters so that we can at least, for like the remainder of this summer movie season, sit with uh, all our favorite characters are either dead or evaporated. All our favorite new characters are evaporated or dead. And so, all we have is the old ones left. Like They could end it with um, seeing some Captain Marvel stuff through the Quantum Realm and never even touch on any of the characters from... They definitely, the- they, they definitely could. They've got so many... Directions that I, I we still th- have not seen Captain Marvel herself in an end credit sequence. All we've seen is like logo. So I think the logo is all you need to lead into Captain Marvel, and I think that Ant Man will. I wouldn't be surprised if Ant Man reintroduces Hawkeye because they had that line in the in the Infinity War. They kind of just it seemed like a throwaway line yeah. at the time if you weren't paying attention. Um, They're both both on house arrest, took the same deal. So it makes me wonder if somehow Hawkeye watches his family disintegrate and gets together with uh, Scott and Hope, or is Hope? Yeah. Yeah. Scott and Hope to go back and help Steve and uh, Tony. Because all the set photos apparently... I try to resist it, but um, somebody posted the set photos, and it looks like they're reenacting some of the Battle of New York. Mm. And so in the photos, it kind of shows... Uh, it shows Scott mm-hmm. with... Or Ant-Man with Iron Man and Captain America. Uh, Stark is actually just wearing shield... He's wearing shield clothes, like the shield uniform. Uh, but they all seem to have some kind of... I think it's the Ant-Man type gadget where they can go subatomic. Yeah. So I'm wondering if they all go subatomic to travel back and forward through time to prevent 
and pre- or at least try and protect the, the Infinity Stones. Interesting. Yeah. So I'm going to say that the shitty fanfic writer in me just thought of a great way for Hawkeye to come and hook up with Ant-Man and the Wasp be after like this disintegrations happen and he rolls up and it's like I was looking for a little hope little hope. Uh, yeah. Well, people seem to think he's going to be Ronan, which yeah. I guess in the comic book oh, stretch oh. is another identity of Hawkeye, where, but he has swords. and Because uh, obviously he's going to be way more driven to kill Thanos. I think it's inevitable that uh, his family disappears. Yeah. Or it why. could even be... Well, I don't know what the name they gave his wife was in the first movie. Linda Cardellini. Yeah, I don't know like if they made her Kate Bishop. I don't think they did, unfortunately. But it would be great if they had, because then they could have... It. He disintegrates, and she rolls up with like the Hawkeye, like, Kate Bishop look from the comic book, and is like... Interesting. Yeah. Gotta go get my man. I, I also don't think that... Uh, not to shoot that down. That sounds cool. But I also don't think... Good pun. Uh, oh, I didn't... Um, Those are the best puns, the ones you weren't trying for. I think that Marvel won't do that just because I don't think they'd cast Linda Cardellini. I think Linda Cardellini was kind of uh, more or less Joss Whedon's pick. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I think they've said that Hawkeye will have a huge role in Avengers 4, so... I definitely think time jump, time travel is a big, big thing. Um, so with Avengers four coming out, they didn't de- they delayed putting out the title. What do you think the title is gonna be? Because they it's, said they they wouldn't tell it because it was gonna be uh, it, it was spoilerish. Directly from one of the comic book stories. That's the thing. It must be directly from one of the possible stories that people are saying this is what the second movie is gonna be. So. They're not releasing it so that the nerds don't right away just yeah. start spoiling everything for people so they can at least sit in this moment. Like, they'll release it later at the point where people who actually believe what they see in trailers and uh, think maybe that's a CG Hulk instead of Bruce Banner in a Hulkbuster outfit. Um, it'll come yeah, in Yeah, it'll August. come later, but they're not going to tell us until after Ant-Man, I don't think, at the earliest. Oh, they I forget, too, yeah. they're not doing that. They're not in Comic Con anymore. They always do D twenty three. Yeah, they're not going. So I wonder where. When is D twenty three? Is that like same time, right? Uh, like, Maybe a little bit after. They might wait till after. Um, so if they, they might, they might wait till after Captain Marvel. That would be late. I wonder. It yeah, because that's only then. like Captain Marvel. Is that going to be like a February release then? I think. Or is it? Is it late? This year or early next no, year? No, it's. I feel early like it's. Year. I feel like it's still next year. Um, the next movie is for sure. March 2019. Okay, so that's the last movie, though, before the next Avengers, though. Because there's only two movies between yeah, now and the next Yeah, that's Avengers. all. It's just yeah. Ant-Man and... Yeah. So they could wait until after Ant-Man, for sure. Captain Marvel is probably somewhere in space, and then Captain Marvel space will... Space and time and or dimension. So maybe it ends with her being paged... It has to end with her being paged by Fury, right? It's... It would be unusual for at least one of the end credit sequence if Ant-Man has the traditional two instead of the one that Avengers had. Uh, it would be weird to not have some kind of uh, reference to her movie any, at any rate. So you're either going to have 
only one end credit sequence in Ant-Man that goes straight to her, or only one end credit sequence in that goes straight to I think it's the Hawkeye. Avengers movie. And I don't know who they would have in there. Yeah, it could I be think Hawkeye. they're gonna talk in ha- uh, tie in Hawkeye, and I think they'll name uh, my two picks, which I think. Uh, the one that I hope they name it mm-hmm. is Avengers Endgame. Oh. Which would be, I know that... We're in the Endgame now, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. Strange said we're in the Endgame now, and I believe that's like a fairly prominent uh, comic book stretch. The other one would be Revengers. Uh, Revengers. <laughs> uh, Revengers was <laughs> Thor's low group in oh Ragnarok. God, yeah. um, Avengers Reassembled yeah. is another one. Which would be spoilery because it wouldn't, for those who hadn't seen they wouldn't release it now because then it would tip off people that they don't, uh, they're not together at the end. So. I have to trust the mind trust at Marvel. They've given me countless hours of entertainment. They've managed to make Thor great again. Yeah. They've managed to The Russos have done an unreal job. You know, like a Black Panther that I honestly... At no other point in history could that movie have been made the way it was. If they'd done it at any other point in time, they would have, like, based it somewhere else or had, like, you know, a little bit of Wakanda and then had a whole bunch of stuff somewhere else. Like, It would have been white. It would have been a lot whiter. A lot more white people. They're waiting for Coogler, too. Yeah. Like, Marvel already put out saying that they'll just wait for Ryan Coogler to decide whatever it is he wants to do. Yeah. Because, but I'm unsure of what he'll be doing because I don't think he's doing... The next Creed movie no, either. No, he's not doing that. So probably something with Michael B. Jordan. If it ain't broke. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I feel like they've done enough. They've done so much more good than bad. Than, and even their bad is still better than Suicide Squad or Justice League. <laughs> yeah. So, I think everybody just goes to Thor the Dark yeah. World for the, in that in that corner. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other ones that... But nothing seems to come close to how everyone felt about the second Thor movie. So. Yeah. And even now, in retrospect, it's so oddly watchable. If anything, it's more watchable now that it's further in the past than it was at the time. Because they just... The movies kept getting better and better. And then Thor of the Dark World was like, wait, what? And then, Yeah, that was their yeah. first... Well, I think a lot of people have said, too, that Iron Man 2 was their first... Uh, big misstep. I just rewatched it, and it's it's not great, but it's not terrible either. Like it's still entertaining. Well, that was at the I point where every movie was better than the one before. So yeah. like anything that wasn't Iron Man three, I thought sucked. A lot of people might disagree, but I just it didn't feel like an Iron Man movie. All but I that's, liked, that's probably another. I like the character but... development, but like yeah, overall, both Iron Man two and three, I. Iron Man 3 is slightly more watchable for me than Iron Man 2 in terms of like if it's on or if I'm like you know got a flu and I just feel like being lazy and putting something on on Netflix that I'm like okay if I fall asleep during it I feel like I don't know if that one is but a lot of the Marvel movies are on Netflix yeah so that's a that's the thing it's like am I okay to fall asleep during this Hmm. then or is this one that I actually want to stay awake for that's sort of my Stage of like how good the old ones are because I've watched them all multiple times, but some more than others, some on purpose more than others. I think Thor is the only one that I haven't seen more than once. Original or second? Second one. I saw the original one a a few times. Yeah. But I I think that's the only one. Guardians of the Galaxy, I think, is the one I've watched the most because I think that movie 
the whole universe that has the most that's the best most rewatchable entry into that whole universe and opening credits of both are clearly the ones I've watched the most yeah yeah well especially the opening credits for the second one even though I may not like the second one as much the opening yeah. credits for the second one I don't know how many times I've watched that yeah Amy Groot is so adorable a lot of people uh that I know that we're all in on Guardians um did not like the second one like as a movie you yeah. it's kind of it was the first one that stopped banking on plot and really invested more it was a character driven movie uh, as opposed to like here's the big bad guy here's where they're gonna go it was kind of weird comic book shit like it's one thing to take people into space and have a talking raccoon and a tree it's another thing to be like my dad is a planet yeah like, like everybody got pay- character payoff in that movie yeah um i even I guess Rocket, Rocket kind of did too. But even if you didn't uh, well, like Guardians two, you still had to be you respect it dead inside. If you didn't chuckle a little bit at the I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. Yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah, but yeah. So Infinity War overall, I liked it a lot more after the second time. I think after the first time, I was a lot like a lot of those gifts that people are posting on Twitter where you're just sitting there shocked or rocking back and forth or naked in the shower or whatever, like... You're just sitting in bed, staring off into space, like, not sure what to do. Like, the best... The audience reactions on that Thursday night were... Very quiet. It was just a lot of people who said they were coming out of the theater and nobody talked. Mm -hmm. And the funniest one that I, I had seen was as soon as the credits rolled, somebody loudly went... What the fuck? <laughs> but in a good way. Yeah. Luckily, but uh and I think that's kind of at the end of it I was like, "Oh fuck." Yeah. Like what what just happened? Did they really did they really just do that and then trolling everybody by saying Thanos will return? Yeah. I was like, "Shit." It yeah. just wrapped up that it was a Thanos movie. It yeah. wasn't a wasn't an Avengers movie. And, and it was so clearly part one of two. We were all Sam Jackson, because our last thought was motherfucker. Yeah. 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 It was... It was good. I'm still processing. I didn't have that feeling of leaving, like, like I bathed myself in blackness and joy, like when I saw Black Panther. I feel like the story was somewhat incomplete in that... Because you know another one's coming, because you know so many of these other people have movies, like, yes, it was a complete story, but it's sort of like that feeling of when you're buying, like, a six-issue run of a comic book and you're at issue three and something big has happened, it's like, yes, in theory, this is the end of this comic book, but I know that so much more is coming that I can't look at this as, like, the end. This is just the setup for what the real end is. But that's the problem with every part two kind of movie situation. So I think it definitely did what it needed to do. I mean, to that point, you're kind of like, well, you know, it's, you know, there's more to come. But it, I mean, that's pretty much the ideal outcome for this type of movie, at least. With you, when the final shot is there and it's then, I was watching the sunset on a grateful universe, just like he said he wanted to do. Um, even after it, it just cuts to black on. You kind of have to think is like, well, 
yeah, it still seems like there's so much more to go, and I, but you immediately want more, but you don't feel robbed either. You feel like, I at least I felt like I got exactly what I wanted out of that movie. I didn't feel like I was robbed of a movie. You know what I mean? Like, they just, like... It's hard to describe. I feel like they gave enough to make you feel so, so satisfied. But at the same time, you're kind of like, you want more. Like, which is pretty insane, considering it was, two what, two and a half, three-hour movie? Just two? Mm-hmm. Two and a half? Two and a half. Two, two hours, 20-something Two and a half. And uh, even at that time, at the end of the movie, and sitting there and being like, oh, I could watch, like, another hour or two with this. Like, this is... I don't know. I think it's going to be favorable when it's all when it's all done with, so... So, let's say all the disintegrations are not real. Which character... Or, give me three options. Let's assume everyone's alive. Let's even revive Gamora and Loki. Let's throw some time stone in there, too. Next movie, someone has to die. Yeah. Who do you kill? Or who do you leave dead if you're going to pick Gamora and Loki? Loki stays dead. Cap dies. Um, and a third one? I'm trying to think of who else they could kill who I was like, yeah. I mean... I guess you could say Nebula. I never really cared for Nebula. I know the comic, she's super important, but But I guess if you were to stick to main heroes or main characters, it would 100% be Loki, Captain America, and Stark will have the biggest uh, impact when they they die. And uh, yeah, I think those two for sure will die uh, in the next one. I hope. Which is terrible for... I love the characters, but yeah, they've already served their complete arc, and I think it's about time they they go. So I'm going to say... I'm going to kill my darlings. I'm going to kill my favorites, just because I'm going for emotional impact. So I'm going to kill Thor. Really? I love him. He's my favorite. He's... Uh, of all the Chris's, if I'm ever going to play a game of... Yeah... F. Mary Kill, definitely, definitely. Hemsworth is always like a hard F. Um, I gotta say, for emotional impact, Thor and uh, Spider Man would be the biggest hit. They can't kill Spider Man because of his movie. Yeah. However. Oh, emotionally, that would pack yeah, the most punch. To bring him back and then kill him again. Oh, oh my god, that would be awesome. Terrible. I'm, <laughs> but I'm a terrible person. So. I'm gonna say Thor, and then that gives you know Hemsworth. He can leave. Uh, then you can maybe do Lady Thor or something else. I mean, most of Asgard is gone anyway, so you got options. And then you can have Lady Thor hook up with Valkyrie because her character is a very pansexual. I think, huh? So that's an option. I'm just saying. Yeah. That's like, and then it lets you do an Asgard reboot somewhere else. And uh, I feel like you would have like reached across this table and strangled me if I was like, well, obviously you killed Black Panther. But then what if I said Shuri became Black Panther? I'll allow it. Yeah. Actually, uh, one of the other things I saw earlier was 
Um, I don't know if it was just fan service, but calling the Winter Soldier the White Wolf. Mm-hmm. And then I just found out today that um, White Wolf was the name of Black Panther's adoptive brother. Yeah. And that they actually team up. Yeah. So that would be really cool so in future, have, future movies to have. You could have Bucky teamed up with Shuri and kill Black Panther. I I'll think, allow it. Well, I, I'm saying kill the people that I care about the most. Black Panther's one of the ones I care about the most in terms of emotional hit. But we, they already did all this work, and Coogler almost like laid in the safeguard of the fact that it, at a minimum they need to find more of that plant and let them start growing back from scratch. So if you kill him, you don't even have like that heart shape, whatever the flower to do the whole oh, that's situation. True. Like you've got some challenges there. You can't just like pick a plant and you know like a magical flower in uh, Super Mario. I never even thought about that one. Yeah, so... Well, I guess you could say the Super Soldier. Yeah, yeah. But again, that's gone too. Or, again, your other option uh, for Feels is to bring Bucky back, let him and Steve have a proper um, moment together, proper reconciliation with Tony, apologizing for killing his parents. Uh, They're cool again, and then kill Bucky. And then you have, like, some sweet-ass end-of-the-line nonsense where he dies in his arms. Which would be I think very painful. But, yeah. People seem to think that, um, at least if they're trapped in the soul stone, you have to tra- trade soul for soul. So, obviously, Stark trading his life for Peter. Mm-hmm. Um, and Cap change- trading his for... For Bucky. Bucky, and then maybe Scarlet... Or, um, Black Widow for... Hulk? Falcon. No, because Hulk's on Earth. Mm. I don't know. That uh, That's where it gets really interesting is... Yeah. Because they said, like, we don't trade lives. Yeah. So... Yeah. But that's going to end like, up what's... That's going to be what's yeah. going to happen. That's is. another Chekhov's gun. Just like it was all about the snap of the fingers in this one. It's like, obviously, he's going to snap his fingers. So, I'm... Even on the third screening, I feel like Thanos said you should have gone for the head. But I feel He was like, never going to go for the head. But I feel like it would have also made just as much sense to go for the hand. Like, go for the arm. So, so did he say hand or did he say head? I think he said head when... That's Thor what I thought too, yeah, actually. Okay. And I think that he... Thor actually successfully killed him and then he used mm-hmm. the soul stone to... Well, not the snap. I don't know why I snapped my fingers. But uh, he used the soul stone to revive himself and yeah. that's when he saw Gamora. Yeah. was him bringing himself back up to back to life. Yeah. Uh, but then that gets tricky because he snapped his fingers mm-hmm. before that happened. So, um, yeah, I think from what I've heard as well, when you look at Thor's arc in this movie, he was always going to try and kill... Yeah, the gauntlet never really played into it with Thor. It was always just about straight-up revenge and anger. Mm-hmm. And he has a tendency of doing that, so obviously he would go, go for the heart, but... Yeah, I guess head would have made sense because he wouldn't have been able to snap his fingers either. So, um, yeah, I think that's cool. I'm also very curious to uh, hear or discover Thanos' link to Stark because they he seemed to be connected to Stark in some way that I wonder if they connected with... Well, I'm just curious how so they connected Scarlet, if it was through the Mind Stone. It's the Mind Stone, because when Scarlet Witch gave Tony the nightmares when they broke into, like, Von Strucker's castle to steal the scepter back, um, she did something to his head that, like, made him, like, 
see visions and be super paranoid, and that's why he kept so when he had them down on Ultron. So then once he put it on, when he had the Mind Stone, although he didn't have the Mind Stone, no, yet. he that's didn't the have the Mind Stone. So, so that's what I'm curious it. about. Yeah, how did he know? But he had also yeah. sent. I'm not sure about that. that see, yeah, yeah, that's what I want to know more about. You, you have to think it has something to do with uh, the Mind Stone, but because Thanos did have the Mind Stone at one point, mm-hmm. like when he gave the scepter, he knew he had it. So, um, but yeah, I want to see um, how that relationship works because also Thanos is has some some sort of connection to Tony and I'd, I'd like to know what that was and somebody also raised the point that Thanos could have easily killed all of them like without even trying with all those stones but he just legit just swatted them aside never killed one of them the only one he almost killed was Stark mm-hmm. but that was only because I think he was threatened by by Stark but the whole moral code thing that even Tony uses with Doctor Strange Thanos was all about his end game and then he was just gonna dispassionately snap his fingers and wipe out half and would have nothing to do with his personal feelings so he wasn't in his mind you know doing anything bad he was trying to save the universe so he was in the killing for revenge or for petty reasons and none of these people could stop him yes the the day extracted a huge toll. Yeah, he lost some of his minions, but he was all about Endgame. He wasn't about staying around to like dunk on people. He did blow up Thor's ship. Like he didn't care if Thor lived or died getting off that ship, but he didn't wait around to like stab him personally through the chest. Yeah. Uh, he also briefly mentioned I ignored my destiny once before. So I'm curious if he, if that's where Captain Marvel comes in. Yeah. To deny him. Maybe. Because obviously with Ronan being in Captain Marvel and a few of the other characters who have shown up. And Ronan is already allied with Thanos. I wonder yeah. if th- there's if Thanos had an interaction at the climax of Captain Marvel that gives a little bit more context. Because I feel like it would also be a waste to go into that down the line uh, in the future movies. Because at this point, you're kind of like, well, who cares about yeah. the past? So maybe that's going to be up to uh, previous or Captain Marvel or something. Hopefully there's a greater tie in there. But again, you don't. it's another origin movie, so maybe you don't want to bog it down with too much. Well, speaking of down the line, I believe we are at the end of the line now. Okay. We have exhausted for our first outing although once you flee the country we could do this over skype that's true so i feel like i'd love to have you back either after ant-man if only to discuss whatever happens in the end credit sequence because mm. i feel like i'm going to be thinking about you the minute that end credit sequence whatever it is happens oh, be we'll like, be talking about i gotta talk to you yeah or and after captain marvel because uh Unfortunately, listener, when uh, Sam and I were working together, we wasted too much time working. We never talked this long, ever, uninterrupted. So the best thing about... Have to do our day jobs. The best thing about our former employer not existing anymore and you deciding to flee the country is that I got the opportunity to actually spend some time talking to you. Yeah. 
This has been great. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So uh, if you are somewhere in Amsterdam, Amsterdam, yeah, and just you, hanging out, you want to hang out with a great guy or give him a job or I don't know what else do people do. In I already got a job. But already got a job. Give him a different could, job. Yeah, side give hustle. It, there's a different. Yeah, side hustle work, whatever. You can uh, follow Sam on, on Twitter. What's your Twitter handle? Uh, it's going to be hard to say, and so maybe I'll just spell it. So, Sam Humor on uh, Twitter. So that's S A M H U M E R. All right. And I will put a link to that in the show notes for this episode so that you can follow Sam and follow his adventures uh, across the Europe area uh, as he's going to check out other festivals since he won't be here for TIFF. And. Yep. We'll miss him very much. But Doing some design, seeing some movies. Yeah. Same thing I do here in Toronto, but probably cooler. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Falling with style. I hope. Yeah. Thanks. And we hope. Thanks. <laughs>